You're listening to audio from the Mariner campus of CA Church, located in Coquitlam, British Columbia. We hope this message helps you grow in your personal relationship with Jesus. Good morning again. If you weren't here when I introduced myself earlier, my name's Sam, and uh, I serve as one of the pastors here at the church. And uh, thanks for joining us this morning. If you have a Bible, would you turn with me to John chapter 11? We have lots to cover in a short amount of time this morning, so we're going to get into Scripture quite quickly, John chapter 11. And while you're turning there in your Bibles or scrolling there on your phone, um, I'll, just, uh, I'll just mention this. We're in a series through the summer months called I Am, Jesus in His Own Words, where throughout the summer months we've been looking at these different, these different um, statements that Jesus makes about who He is, about His identity. And uh, so we've looked at all sorts of different ones. If you were here this summer, maybe shout some of them out. We looked at the door. What else? Bread of life. Yeah, the light of the world, I heard. Last week, we looked at the shepherd. And, uh, and I think this has been a really important series for us. I know it has been for me. Uh, because we've, we've been trying to grow in our knowledge of God. As, as A.W. Tozer said, who was a, a, a 20th century theologian, he said, what comes into our mind when we think about God is the most important thing about us. And that's because we're shaped by our God. The person or thing that we worship has this profound ability to kind of form and shape our future selves, the way we think, you know, the way we act, the way we live. And as Christians, our, our greatest desire, our primary goal as followers of Jesus is to, over time, in the days and weeks and months and years of following him is to be shaped into the image of Jesus. And so that's been our pursuit this summer, is not just to gain an intellectual understanding of Jesus, although that will happen along the way, but it's to really know him. It's to allow these simple truths that we've been looking at together wash over us in hopefully a brand new way and to reinvigorate our hearts and our passions for this Jesus that we follow. So John chapter 11, starting in verse 1. This would normally be the time that I would ask you to stand with me, but we've got like 46 verses to go through today. So I'm going to let you sit for this one. We're also going to break it up into some smaller chunks and kind of talk about the passage along the way. Uh, John chapter 11, starting in verse 1. Here's what it says. Now a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. This Mary, whose brother Lazarus now lay sick, was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. So the sister sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. When he heard this, Jesus said, this sickness will not end in death. No, it's for God's glory so that God's son may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was for two more days. Okay, let's pause there for a moment. These kind of opening verses set the stage for the whole story that's about to unfold in the verses to come. There's, there's these three siblings. There's Mary and Martha and Lazarus. And this family are some of Jesus' closest friends, his dearest friends. These are people that he loves so much. They actually make a, an appearance a number of times throughout John's Gospels. Mary loves to sit at the feet of Jesus and just soak up everything that he has to say. Martha has this, this amazing gift of hospitality. And as the story opens, we find out that the brother of this family trio, Lazarus, has caught a serious illness, a disease. And of course, in the first century, they don't have the luxury of email or text message. In fact, they don't even have fax machines or landline phones. And so in order for, for them to reach Jesus, who's a few days' journey away, they send a runner 
They, they hire a runner, someone to run to Jesus with a little piece of paper from Mary and Martha with a message on it. And I think that the message that they chose to write and send to Jesus is, is an interesting one. Like, if I was sending a message to Jesus because my brother Josh was sick, uh, if my brother was sick and dying and I needed to get Jesus' attention, I'd probably write a message with a lot of exclamation marks and say something like, Jesus, Josh is sick. The doctor says he doesn't have much time. Can you come ASAP? Like, come quickly. Drop whatever you're doing and just come. We need you. But what do they say? They just say, Lord, the one you love is sick. No instructions to come. No specific ask. And I wonder if in those first three verses of our passage, if there's something there that we can learn about the posture of our heart in prayer. I want you to see this. Mary and Martha, they simply lay, they lay their needs before Jesus. I don't know about you, but I have a tendency to, to be very clear and articulate with God about exactly what I think he should do. Uh, early on in my Bible college time, um, I was head over heels about this girl. It wasn't Jorley, it was a different girl. And, uh, and I remember praying things like, God, if you just make this girl like me, I will do anything. Like, I'll go to the worst place as a missionary, and, and I'll serve you over there, or I'll give all my money to the poor, which was like $11 at the time. <laughs> but I'll do all these things if you, if you just make this relationship work out, if this, if this will just go. And, and now I look back 13 years later on my life and the way that it's unfolded. And thanks to Facebook, I can look back on other people's lives as well. <laughs> And I say, God, thank you so much for not answering my prayer. I did not know what I needed. I did not know what I wanted. I didn't know what was best for me. And, and, and there's not necessarily anything wrong with asking for really specific things in prayer. I mean, let's be honest. God knows what's in our heart, whether or not we say it. We can be fully transparent with him about where we're at. But we also need to remember that sometimes what we think is best is not actually what we need in a given situation. We have this very limited perspective. And then on the flip side, maybe it's not like what I just described, but have you ever been in a situation of your life where you really needed Jesus to intervene? Like you really needed him to step into the situation, but you had no idea what to pray for. Like you didn't even know what better would look like in the situation in front of you. You just knew you needed help. When I was, when I was 14, my parents' marriage was falling apart. 